Well, this afternoon we're going to continue our study of characters associated with Jesus. And as you can see on the board, we're going to be talking about Judas. Judas Iscariot. Iscariot means man of Cariot. Judas came from the city of Cariot that was in south, in the south, in Judah. Interestingly, Judas Iscariot was the only one of the 12 apostles who was not from Galilee. All the others were from Galilee. And you know, people have a lot of questions about Judas. People ask, the Bible says that Jesus, Judas repented. Was Judas truly sorry for what he did? Did Judas have a choice in the matter of betraying Jesus? And what about his suicide? Could Judas have been saved after he committed suicide? And we'll try to answer some of these questions later on in the lesson. Most people know Judas as the man who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and then afterward went out and committed suicide. But most of us don't know much about Judas beyond that. So I want us, what I want us to do tonight is look at three elements of his life and take a broader look and see, see who this man really was. Judas the Apostle. You know, Judas seems to have a very good beginning. As we talk about Judas the Apostle, there's a remarkable series of facts about this man as a disciple of Jesus. He was personally chosen by Jesus. In fact, Jesus chose all the 12 men himself. When you look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 2 through 4, you see a listing of all the 12 apostles, and the last name on that list, list is Judas Iscariot. Like the other apostles, he left everything to serve the Lord. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, the apostle Peter asked Jesus a question, and it's a question not just about Peter, but it's a question posed to all the apostles. Peter said, Lord, we have left all to follow you. Therefore, what shall we receive? And Jesus gave an answer. Judas was one of those who left everything. Whatever his occupation was, just like the fishermen, just like that had left their nets, and the tax collector who had left his toll booth, whatever Judas had as an occupation, he left that in order to follow Jesus. In fact, he spent three and a half years going from the northern part of Israel to the southern part of Israel and back and forth, traveling everywhere that Jesus went. It seems that almost everywhere Judas was with him. In Acts chapter 1, remember, after Judas had taken his own life, in Acts chapter 1, the choice of another apostle has come up of who's going to take the place of Judas. And it tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, it says, Therefore, of these men who have accompanied, accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and, and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So whoever is going to replace Judas had to be someone who had been with the Lord for the entire period of time. Judas had been with the Lord for three and a half years. Judas had watched as Jesus had worked miracles. He had seen the raising of the dead. In John chapter 11, when Jesus and the disciples had learned of Jesus' friend Lazarus, is very sick and Jesus delays to go to him. He doesn't go immediately, but only after Lazarus had died. And, and in this case, it's all the apostles who go with him. In verse 
14 through 16 of John 11, it says, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, and that would include Judas, let us go that we may die with him. And so when you read the rest of the story, Judas is there all the way to the raising of Lazarus from the dead in verses 43 and 44. Not only that, but Judas was given miraculous power that was given to all the other apostles. Look at Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, as Jesus is sending these men out. It says here, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. And then it lists all the apostles. And the end of the verse, that list in, in verse 19 is Judas Iscariot. Judas was there. He had miraculous power given from God that was given to him by Jesus. And he, along with the other apostles, they went out preaching and performing miracles. They were given the power to perform miracles so that people would believe their preaching. Judas went out and he preached the truth. Judas was trusted by the other apostles. Let's turn to John chapter 12. Judas was the treasurer of the group. He carried the money box. In John chapter 12, verse 6, remember when the woman had anointed the feet of Jesus with that expensive perfume oil, and Judas complains about this being a waste of money, that it could be sold and the money given to the poor. John chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 says, But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why is this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. And so here we see something of Judas' character. Even though he had all these great things going for him, these spectacular things going on in his life, there was an obvious problem here. But the other apostles, they seem to have no idea that Judas is a crook. They don't know that he's been stealing money from the treasury, the money box. The only one who knew was Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 64, after many disciples had started walking away and started leaving Jesus, verse 64 uh, says this, But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who did not believe, and who would betray him. You remember there were large crowds. There were always at least a crowd of about 100 people traveling with Jesus. But on this occasion in John chapter 6, there were more than 5,000 following Jesus, and he knew some of them that really did not believe. But it's not just them. At the end of verse 64, it says, For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who did not believe and who would betray him. But verse 70, Jesus says, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. And so Jesus knew from the beginning which apostle would betray him. But the other apostles, the other eleven, they seemed to have suspected nothing. They apparently only saw the good side of Judas. And to them, he was as good as any of them. 
He was the trusted treasurer of the group, and yet he was a thief. Now, what can we conclude from this? We, we can conclude that he had the same opportunity as the others. What, whatever Jesus preached that the other 11 heard, Judas heard also. Wherever Judas, Jesus went, Judas went. Whatever miraculous power Jesus gave to the others, he gave to Judas. Judas absolutely squandered his opportunity. He wasted his opportunity. Jesus did not have, Judas did not have to be evil. He made a choice to be evil. Let's talk about Judas the betrayer. There's no question that he's the one that betrayed Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 26, and this text is it's sort of strange or puzzling to me. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse, verse 20, beginning there, this is at the Last Supper. And here the disciples have been eating the Passover. And in verse 20 through 25, it says, When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now they didn't know who it is. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? You know, of course it was him. He had already made the agreement. And I don't know who he's trying to fool or what he thinks he's doing here because when you back up to verse 14, you see that Judas has already made the deal and he's already been paid the 30 pieces of silver. So after that, he's just looking for an opportunity to betray him. And so when Judas said, Rabbi, is it I? Jesus said to him, you have said it. And most of us probably remember the kiss of betrayal in the garden. Matthew 26, 47 through 49, there in the garden of Gethsemane, as, as Jesus has been praying throughout the night, it says, and while he was still speaking, behold, Judas one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer, and that's Judas, had given them a sign saying, whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And so Jesus was arrested and carried off at that point. Now I have a hard time understanding why the other apostles did not pick up on this. Why didn't they pick up on it at the Last Supper? Jesus says, whoever dips his hand with me into the dish, eating that bread and dipping it in the dish of bitter herbs, that's the one who's going to betray me. And evidently when Judas did that, he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, is it I? And Jesus says, you have said it. Uh, the only thing I can figure is that the other apostles must have not been paying very good attention or not, been, or not listening very well. Well, it was right at that point when Judas got up and left to see the chief priest and to make the final arrangements to have Jesus arrested. The other apostles did not pick up on that. The question is this, what forces were at work to cause Judas to betray Jesus? You know, the gospel writers only give us a few clues and it's likely that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really never knew the full story. I mean, Judas committed suicide with a few, within a few hours 
after he betrayed Jesus. And so we never get an interview with Judas to find out why he did this. We never get his side of the story. And so to some degree, we're only left to speculate about his motivation. And there are four theories out there. Uh, there are more than four theories, but four main theories. One theory says that Judas betrayed Jesus for money. And we know there was money involved. And we, in fact, we read about the 30 pieces of silver. And we also read that he's the one who carried around the, the money box and he'd been pilfering from the money box. And so we know that he's a greedy man. But I'll tell you, if Jesus was betrayed for money, Judas sold him very cheap. 30 pieces of silver worth about 35 bucks today. I don't doubt that greed may have played a part. Another theory says that Judas betrayed Jesus in order to trigger a reaction against Rome. He was maybe thinking that the arrest of Jesus would cause the Lord to rise up in power and gather his forces and maybe even bring angels down from heaven and to overthrow the mighty Roman Empire and to stop the Roman tyranny and the slavery of the Jewish people. The Jew Jews wanted to be unshackled from Rome. And so one theory is that Judas did this in order to trigger an uprising and for Jesus to lead that uprising. And then there's the theory that says just the opposite, that he betrayed uh, Jesus because he was disillusioned with him, that he had been teaching the disciples that his kingdom was, was not of this world. And so when Judas learns that there's not going to be an uprising against Rome, he becomes angry and he betrays him. And the fourth theory says he betrayed Jesus because he was frightened as he saw things were getting worse and worse for the disciples in those final days and that he betrayed the Lord to save his own skin. And the, and the truth is some of these elements may have been at work, but there have been major, there, there have been many multiple reasons may have been uh, that Judas did what he did. But the fact is when it's all said and done, we don't know everything that was in his mind when he betrayed Jesus. What we do know is that Jesus, that Judas made the biggest mistake in all of human history. You know, there are some mistakes in this life that we can undo. Now, how many times have you been following your GPS and it sends you down the wrong road and for whatever reason, it reroutes and you go another way and you undo that? Or, or maybe you go buy something at Walmart and you open it up at home and it's not what you thought it was gonna be, so you take it back. You know, you can undo that. But there are some things that you cannot undo and the mistake that Judas makes is the biggest blunder in all of history and it cannot be undone. Let's talk about Judas, the remorseful. There's one thing, one more thing we're gonna look at and that's it, is that Judas is remorseful. Matthew chapter 27, verses three through five. And, and this is after Jesus has gone through the, the, the first and second and third part of his trial. And Jesus actually goes through five tribunals that morning. They all started in the middle of the night. Remember while Jesus was in the garden praying, the soldiers came and arrested Jesus and they took him before Annas. And then they took him before Caiaphas. And both of these men were recognized by one group or another as high priest. And so Jesus went before one and then before the other. And then he was sent away to Pilate. And, that learn, and Pilate learns is that Jesus is from Galilee, 
And Herod happened to be in town at that time, so Pilate sends Jesus to Herod, and Herod doesn't get anywhere with him, so he sends him back to Pilate. So you actually have five times that Jesus makes an appearance that morning through the night. And it's about six o'clock in the morning when Judas realizes that Pilate is going to condemn Jesus to death. So when you look at Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5, it says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, that's Jesus, had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. And he threw down the 30 the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You know, verse 3 says that Judas had remorse about what he had done. The King James Version said that he repented. The New International Version says that he was seized with remorse. So there's no question that Judas had a powerful change of mind. The Greek word that is used here for remorse or repented, the word that is used here carries the meaning sorrow for the past. Regret to care afterward. And it's not the word that's typically translated repent all over the New Testament. But this word looks more at the past, whereas the traditional uh, word for repent, metaneo, looks to the future to change one's life. You see, Judas doesn't look to the future to change his life. He's looking at the past of what he's done. He's not looking to change his life because he goes out and kills himself. And that brings us to the three questions that I mentioned at the beginning of the lesson. Was Judas truly sorrowful and remorseful for what he had done? You know, obviously he was, but he had the wrong kind of sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to a change of life, not to an end of life. He regretted what he had done. He was seized with remorse for what he had done. But that wasn't the kind of sorrow that would change his life. Did Judas have a choice in the matter of betraying Jesus? You know, of course he did. And he knew he had a choice because afterward he realized he had made a terrible choice. He didn't blame God for what he had done. You know, some people blame God. They say, I know what I did was wrong, but God made me this way, and that's, so it's not my fault. Judas knew he had a choice and that he had made the wrong one. He blamed himself. I know there are some in the religious world who want to say that Judas had no choice at all, that he had no free will because God in the Old Testament had predicted that one of his own friends would betray the Messiah. And that's in Psalm 41.9. The fact is, God knew that Judas would betray Jesus does not mean that he forced Judas to betray Jesus. According to Acts chapter 1, verse 25, Peter says, Judas, by transgression, fell. Judas fell from the position that God gave him. He fell from that position by his own choice, by his own sin. God knew Judas would sin, but God did not force him to sin. Judas had a choice, and God knew what his choice would be. God never forces any man to sin. Everyone has free will to choose. You know, it's been said that, well, someone would have betrayed him, 
And yeah, if Judas hadn't, someone would have. But God did not force Judas to do that. Could he be saved after what he had done? What do you think? I, I think he could have been. You know, Peter, who had denied the Lord three times, Peter was saved afterwards. And you know, the other ten apostles, what happened when Jesus was arrested in the garden? They all scattered. They deserted Jesus. They were forgiven. How about Paul, who persecuted and executed Christians? He was forgiven. Why couldn't Judas? Was Judas' sin too bad? No. Any sin that, man, that a man will repent of and change his life, God will forgive. He could have been saved. He could have repented and changed and have been forgiven. But he committed suicide and ruled out any possibility that godly sorrow would lead to a genuine life-changing repentance. Scripture is clear. Judas died a, as an unsaved man. Listen to Matthew 26, verse 24. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is, it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Isn't that a sad statement? Look at John chapter 17, verse 12. Jesus, Jesus just hours uh, before he was arrested and betrayed by Judas, he said, while I was with them, talking about the apostles, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except for the son of perdition that the scripture must, might be fulfilled. The son of perdition there is Judas. And it says he's lost. Yes, there was one who was lost. And that was the one for whom it would have been better if he had not been born. Peter talked about this in Acts chapter 1, verse 25. Peter said that when Judas hanged himself and died, he went to his own place. And that was not a good place. It was a place of other sinners. Judas allowed himself to be influenced by Satan. And that's something that we should not allow. The Scripture is very clear. It teaches us that Judas will not be in heaven. Heaven is not a place prepared for Judas. And why not? Because Judas was not prepared for heaven. And you and I, we have our own place prepared in eternity. And we prepare ourselves for one of those places while we're here on, in this life. Judas deceived the other apostles as to who he really was. But in the end, even though Jesus knew exactly who Judas was, in the end, everyone knew. And here we are almost 2,000 years later. Here we are talking about that awful choice that he made. You know, there's a day coming for us when who we really are will be revealed and we need to be ready for that day. That ends our lesson. If you're subject to the invitation and you need to take the steps to be baptized or if you've already been baptized, but you need to make things right, you can come forward as we stand and sing the next song.